live from the Caltech studios. It's Arms Room Radio with Mike and his team from the Arms Room. Conceal and carry, gun safety, the law, the latest gear, and more. You'll get it all right here. And you can connect with these guys right now. Call the Arms Room Radio hotline 407 774 8255. 407 774 8255. Arms Room Radio is on the air live coast to coast from the Caltech studios. Now, here's Mike. Welcome back to Arms Room Radio, where we promise to bring you all things gun, all the gun time. Gentlemen, welcome back to the Keltech Studios. How is everybody doing this week? Doing all right. Very good. Doing real good. Let's, uh, let's go he's around the table. He's doing better than me. Oh, he's doing better? He's doing better? Well, we'll get to that. We'll get to that. Let's go around the table and make sure everybody knows who the players are, because you can't tell the players without a scorecard. On my right, the right-hand man, the great, 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 great grandson of Daniel Boone. Ladies and gentlemen, his name is Earl. Yeah, yeah. I just need to put that on my iPod. Oh, yeah. That's it. The whole song, though. The whole uh-huh. song. The whole song, of course. How are you doing this week, uh, Mr. Earl? Doing real good. Doing real good. Good, good, good. Oh, you know what? I got a new sound effect we got to try. Uh-oh. You ready? Ready oh, for this one? Oh. Tell me if this sounds real or not. Uh-oh. <laughs> <It sounds laughs> real that good. is not an alcoholic beverage. <laughs> <laughs> no, we couldn't do that. Well, wow, it's a sound effect. No, the suit's in the building. Can't have booze in here. We know that. No, of course not. Uh, I'm wearing we, a suit. What we didn't bring about? enough to share. So. That's right. That's right. Uh, Following, on my left, in the about the 10 o'clock position today, if you're uh, graphing it out, is the legal ninja, the courtroom assassin himself. Please welcome back Mr. Kevin Maxwell. Thank you, Michael. How are you doing today, sir? I'm doing pretty good. <laughs> so, far, so far, so good, right? Well, it, uh, I had a pretty good week, thanks to Mr. Weber. Pretty good week, Mr. Well, We'll get to Mr. Weber next. Mr. Weber is the... Samurai sidekick, uh, please welcome back Mr. Alec C. Weber Esquire. C. Yeah, well, after last week, <laughs> I think we're going to have to call him uh, he, uh, he assistant, the middle as, initial. Uh, 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 an, an assistant assassin. Assistant assassin. Get on. He's killing him. Let me put it that This way. is a little bit of promotion through assassination. Yeah. All right, let's, let's, let's hear it. Now, please, again, make sure you change the names of the innocent to protect them. The guilty, just put it right out there. Don't yeah. worry about it. Commercial insurance policy. Commercial insurance policy, all right. Uh, semi-truck struck our client's car. Alec discussed with the client a demand. Client was very eager to resolve the matter. He has some financial challenges. Uh, after much discussion, uh, Mr. Weber was uh, able to get him to agree to us making a $450,000 demand. Uh, they came back with a $250,000 offer, which the client leapt at like a hungry Labrador. Sure. Yeah, yeah. And Alec talked him down off the ledge. Easy, big fella. And went back at a 425 demand. Right. And they came back at 285, and the client leapt at it again. Right, right. And he talked him back off the ledge again. And Alec went back and said, my client's very eager. How much do you have? And they said, what would it take? And Alex said, 350000 large in two weeks. And they went, okay. <laughs> Very nice. Very nice. And yeah. uh, our, now, cli- our client almost hurt himself again. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> no, again, this is, this is not free money. This the, your, your client oh, no. had surgeries, no, oh, no. had been he's, injured. He's very yeah. badly injured, but, you know... But it the, takes a the, good attorney the, the to get, get the some, money out of insurance The problem company. with some, I, I talked to somebody, oh, what was that, 
Wednesday. Right. Um, they went to somebody else. Almost the same surgeries that our client had with a $350,000 settlement. And they got told by their attorney, uh, who advertises a lot locally, um, look, you got a $50,000 offer. You probably ought to take that. You really aren't going to be able to get anything more than that. On multiple surgeries? Multiple surgeries. Yeah, three that's, three that's, surgeries. That's not a good thing. And uh, now, now, listen, if there's a cap out on the policy of 50000 that's all well, you're getting, Well, that right? would be different, but right. this is... The, this is $6 million commercial policy. This is different than 50000 Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> yeah. A little lot. Yeah, yeah, a little bit. And with three surgeries uh, and seven months out of work, I can't even imagine right. sure. how somebody can justify a, a, a settlement uh, that's that low. Yeah. Unless the guy had multiple surgeries on the same body part or... Yeah. or it doesn't uh, even cover the medical bills, the 50000 No, it, it yeah. actually doesn't. Yeah. It doesn't even cover what he owes in, in surgical expenses. Right. Because this was an uninsured, you know, it was he didn't have health insurance. He right. Had, that is $10,000 worth of PIP, and that was all. Right. Well, that's it. Folks, you heard it right here. If you want maximum effort, it's MaxLawOrlando.com. Yeah, call Alec. Hit him up. At, <laughs> call, call Alec at MaxLawOrlando.com. Right. I, I, I literally sat in my office, listened to him tell me this, and went, really? And all thought, you could think was... I thought we were going to have to file a suit on that one. All Ooh. you could think was, ah, young Padawan. <laughs> sick him. Sick him. <laughs> Get him. Get him. Sometimes you just got to say to the client, I got this. Yeah, I, just, got, I, just, got, just I chill, got this. I got this. I got this. Just chill. <laughs> just take a breath. Take a breath. You're going to be fine. You're going to be fine. Well, I, and I can understand the uh, the, the angst, the, you know, the, the, the anxiousness. What's going to happen? What's going to happen? What's going to well, happen? Well, you know, you're sitting there and listen, I've had the misfortune of being in a vehicle accident and um, not being able to work and not being able to recuperate as fast as you want, being... Uh, you know, so you're you're out the money from work. You're you're, you're sitting around. You want to get better, uh, but uh, you, you have limitations. And you could go back quick and try and make a few dollars and, and hurt yourself and end up further off than you were when you started. And you know, you just need to take the advice of that attorney, the good attorney. Sit down. We, we you know, I got this. I you know, I, Ch- I got out, this. Check out their record. See how many cases they've taken yeah. to trial. See, you know, most of those attorneys. Uh, if they, as long as they don't disclose who the client or the insurance company is, can probably give you a pretty good idea of the of the medical expenses and the settlement value, and give you a pretty good idea of where cases have settled, what they've been able to return on on what the client had in the way of injuries. Um, if you can't get that answer, or the answer is how many cases you've taken to trial, none. Bye bye. That's probably not a good suggestion that you retain that individual, and. If other people blow their horn about that attorney, that's one thing. But if that attorney can't give you actual cases that he's taken to trial, the names of the parties, the case numbers, because that information is now public record, um, that, again, is a problem. And, and we've tried hundreds of cases in my career. I mean, hundreds would, of, would of you, injury cases. And I know we've only got about a minute left or so. Would would you when you're when you're doing the, this this attorney investigation? You want to find out more about your attorney. Are you worried more about what the firm has done or what your individual attorney you're assigned to has done? Probably the one that you're going to have work on your case. Okay. Now, if they if it's a large firm and they've got a lot of resources, you want to know who that attorney goes to when they have a question about what they should do. Okay. You want to know their team because you may end up with a, a system. We don't use a case management system, but there are a lot of attorneys that do use a case manager system where the case manager and then the assigned counsel and then the senior counsel will all confer. You want to know who all those players are, and you want to have access to all of them all the time. 
you don't always get that with a lot of law firms. You want to call us and talk to us, you can call us and we you talk to us. Uh, he's not lying. Uh, you know, I, I spend you know a day or two a week hanging out, and <laughs> hanging out at the law offices of Max Law Orlando, no, just just, just being a nuisance. And the call will come right in. Kevin, they heard you, or Alec, they heard you. They want to talk to you, and oh, hold on. I'll say, as long as they're not sitting with another client, Mike, you get them. Mike, hang on. i got to take this call. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. All right, well, you've heard it. Give them a call, maxlaworlando.com. You're listening to Arms Room Radio, coming to you live from the Caltech Studios. we got a couple of really cool stories coming up the next hour, this hour, and it's just going to be a good show. So, uh, so uh, make sure you tune in. Listen, Keep listening. We'll see you soon. To Armstrong Radio, live from the Keltech Studios. Call the Armstrong Hotline right now. 407-774-8255. 407-774-8255. Now, more Armstrong Radio, live coast to coast, with Mike and the guys in the Keltech Studios. And this segment of Armstrong Radio is brought to you by SendMeAmmo.com. Welcome back to Armstrong Radio. Good quick little break, thank you. Everybody out, everybody around, get some stretching in, get some get oh, a little, yeah. little bit of PT. Mm-hmm. I know Earl's rapidly, rapidly deploying the physical fitness program he's got going on. <laughs> he's uh, he's 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 withering away, withering away. You guys should see him. We're all we're all very proud of him. I thought he had an accident with a chainsaw. <laughs> I just thought his beard was getting bigger, but it turns out everything behind the beard's getting smaller. I actually so, think he's doing curls with the beard. With the beard, the beard's yeah, doing curls. It. The beard's doing well, that, the curls. That beard can actually curl more than I can. <laughs> <laughs> But I'm really old. <laughs> hey, Earl, how can the good people get a hold of us here at the old radio station? They have the... quite a few options available to them, starting off with your favorite and mine. Uh-oh. They can send us a tweet on Twitter, at Arms Room Radio. They can give us a call here into the Keltech Studios, 407-774-8255. Once again, that's 407-774-TALK. They can send us a message on Facebook, facebook.com slash armsroomradio. They can email us, radio at armsroom.com. No lie, we're sitting at work the other day, and I got an email, somebody asking me what my what my Twitter handle was, and I had to, Harold, what's, what's, my, what's my Twitter deal? And he had, to, he had to tell me what my Twitter name was. And Earl said, don't worry about it, you're suspended again. <laughs> a, it could be. It's, I don't know. I'm, I'm suspended I, I, about as much I, as I'm on Twitter. I had to ask Alec what my Facebook password was. <laughs> there, there, there you go. There you go. Was and, it and, was it one two three four five just no, like on your luggage? No, <laughs> but it was funnier than I thought it would be. It was it was it was a funny password. It was, and I won't was forget it, it again. And, what, and it was what again? It was. It was, it was, it was <laughs> talk to me later. Almost. Your, your almost. <laughs> hey, I, uh, we have a caller on the line calling in with us. Is Mister Mark Walters? You know him well from uh, Armed American Radio. Uh, airs uh, uh, something like four or five thousand stations around the country now. What, what's the number up to, Mark? Oh man, my boys! How you guys doing? Uh, it's, it's hundreds of cities. On uh, the the weekend show is 160 plus plus a couple hundred and fifty digital cable thingies, and Apple TV I think is carrying it now. And then the daytime show, a couple dozen. We've just added some new stations. We've uh, added the uh, the Tampa and uh, Sarasota markets, which is great. It's my hometown area. We've picked up uh, Abilene, Texas. I think is coming up next. We just added 
Oh my gosh, I don't D- know. Did I hear Miami in there for for this yeah, for Miami, for the Daily yeah, Defense yeah. show? Nice. That's Miami for that's, Daily Defense. Yeah, 14, that's a coup. 15, that's huge. Yeah, that's, yeah, Get, getting in that market. Yeah, it's big. That's that's it's that's incredible. Cooking, well, man. Congratulations to you on the, on the success. That's growing at a, at, a, at a great great pace. There, that's wonderful. Keeps Freedom you busy. Never takes a break, brother. You know, here's the way I look at it. I am annoying somebody seven <laughs> days a week at various times around the country. <laughs> that's, that's including Jeff Gordon fans on Saturday mornings. Yeah. <laughs> they just scream, Mark Walters! <laughs> hey, that, you know, that's true. That's a good point. Let's everybody know. You can listen. You head over to iTalkUS at 11.45 Eastern every Saturday and hear me on Spirit of Racing Radio, where we're combining, you know, we're talking about guns and NASCAR. We do a NASCAR analysis program, and, and uh, the reason that guns and, and NASCAR go so well together, because you know there's a gun in every truck in a NASCAR parking lot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But when they Wait start mounting the firearms on the race cars. Yeah, now we're talking. 2000. That's That's, yeah. Well, the, the National Rifle Association sponsors a race in Texas. You know, the NRA emblems and stickers are and, and manufacturers are on cars. It's a, it's a great combination. It's a great sport, you know. It, it is. It, it, it's, you know, it's... it's uh... They're made for each other. I mean, that's about all you can say. I, I got a yeah. 1022. Looks like the Rainbow Warrior. There you go. There you go. Is that the Voltron? <laughs> no, the Voltron is more <laughs> more camouflage More camouflage than that. Okay. I don't know if a 1022 looking like the Rainbow Warrior is a good or bad thing. That's, <laughs> that's a, well, it was yeah, my daughter's Kev, rifle. Kevin is a confident man. And I'll tell man. you, if she can see it, she can hit it when he when he said it, Kevin, or when he said it, Mark. We all kind of slid an inch or two away from him here in the studio, just to be well, sure. Well, no, it's Dupontish. <laughs> Calm down. Yeah, okay, yeah. That's, I, I've always felt like pushing Dupont. You know? Yeah, that's it. Paint or something, right? Yeah, yep. exactly yep. right. That's 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 how the that's how the rainbow scheme got on the car. That's uh, Dupont. It's paint. a here's yep. a Dupont. Was Dupont was his sponsor. You know, that's uh, that was it. Uh, hey, Mark, you and I were talking the other day about your schedule coming up. It's coming up to that time of year where you're oh, you're yeah. becoming the most uh, most well-traveled man outside of a uh, perhaps a Republican candidate for office. Um, <laughs> racking up them frequent flyer miles? As we say down south, it's fixing to, it's fixing to get hairy. Yeah, it really <laughs> is. Um, you know, I'm here at the Georgia Carey Convention right now. I'm emceeing the dinner later tonight. I do this every year now. This is my third year hosting this event, got the Reverend Ken Blanchard here, and it's, it's, a, it's a great weekend. But this was the start. I knew that when, you know, today is over, that come Tuesday, now I'm in the air, and I'm heading out to uh, the Second Amendment Foundation. I've got meetings out there in uh, Seattle, in, in Bellevue, actually, uh, flying into Seattle. I'll be out there Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday, and uh, come back from that. And the following week, I will be in, I guess, just about uh, eight days later, I'll be in Minneapolis where I go every year, and I have a great time up there, guys. It's a blast. I go up and I, I host uh, Armed American Radio from the Minnesota State Fair at the, uh, at the 1280 AM, the Patriot booth up there, which is great. It's just an amazing time up there. You know, up in Minnesota, man, it, it's, their, their winters are long, their summers are short, and, man, let me tell you something. When it comes to the end of their summer, there are hundreds of thousands of people at this fair having a great time. But we do the gun on a stick promo. We give away a gun on a stick. You come by the Armed American Radio 1280 booth, and I'll give you a gun on a stick. Carry it around. Fan yourself. Mm. Have people ask you, what's that? You say, it's a gun on a stick. I got it from over there. Nice. We do, we do that. And then uh, Monday after the Sunday show, I'll be at the Osseo Gun Club doing a book signing, and we're going to be grilling while armed, and I'm going to be doing the uh, the daytime show, Armed American Radio's Daily Defense, from the Osseo Gun Club. When I come back from that, I head up to uh, Missouri, where I'll be at Crossbreed Holsters for two days broadcasting. Uh, I'm taking my wife up for that one, 
We're going to do a photo shoot with her and some holsters for nice. the USDCA magazine and stuff, uh, where we'll be broadcasting from the Crossbreed Holster Studios. Then we come back from that seven days later. I head out to Phoenix for about eight days, as you know, uh, for the GRPC, that's the Gun Rights Policy Conference. Then eight days after I get back from that trip, I go right back out to Tucson via Phoenix for the Arizona Citizens Defense League meeting and speak at that event. So, And I just found out today I'll be sharing the stage speaking with AWR Hawkins from Breitbart about the, the, the uh, mainstream media, a topic near and dear to my heart. So it's, it, it's fixing to get busy. Mark, I have one question for you. Sure. When are you going to sleep? Yeah, <laughs> uh, I'm gonna take my I'm gonna take my Zipa on an airplane. So. <laughs> uh, I don't know. It, it's 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 about every seven to eight days up in there. But I tell you what, this is a fun time of the year. Last year, this this type of heavy travel occurred from January through June. This year, we're going to be running it from August through December, and it's worth it. it it's it's an awful lot of fun. It, it's great to get out and meet everybody. And to bring the show from other locations, you know, from remote spots across the country. And these are these are good friends of Armed America, and they're all patriots. Every single one of the people that I go to meet and that come up and say hi are patriots. And it's a real honor and a privilege to meet all of them. It's a busy schedule, and I, I know I'm looking forward to some of it in particular, especially uh, a week, uh, you know, maybe not quite a week, but uh, out there in Tucson and Phoenix at the Arizona Defense League uh, at their conference. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. I, I, yeah. I, I, I got to, you guys might not know this yet, I've got to, I got to give me a personal tour guide for Tombstone. Uh, That's right. Come, and you know what's going to be really fun about that. I, I will be uh, broadcasting. I'm going to be speaking to Miss Kimmy. Miss Kimmy owns the Crystal Palace, what very famous bar in Tombstone, where where uh, a lot went down on the original site of Fifth and Allen there in that very historic town. Uh, it uh, on uh, I guess it's going to be on Friday. I will be broadcasting, and you will be a guest live from the Crystal Palace Saloon in Tombstone, Arizona, for Armed American Radio's Daily Defense. That's going to be a blast. It's, uh, it's, I've never been there. As much as a, you know, the history buff, and you guys hear us you know, talk about history all the time on the, on, the, on the station, and Old West and everything that's going on out there in Tombstone, and all the references we make, and all the quotes we drop on you, I've never been. And yet, now I've got one of the, w- one of the renowned experts coming up <laughs> to take me to Tombstone and show me around, <laughs> and we're going to be sitting there in the Crystal Palace broadcasting... And, and just, just uh, I'm, I'm sure we'll be sober. And we'll never sure we'll hear the end of it. <laughs> it's yeah, going to be a great you know, time. There's, there's a lot of rye whiskey there in the in the Crystal Palace, and i got to tell you, I'm sure a lot of that went down in there over the last 150 years. You could squeeze the board in that place and fill a barrel. <laughs> <laughs> you know what's fascinating about it? Directly above the, the bar, and it, it is the original copper bar. There's uh, The original bullet holes are still in there. Now, remember, the town burnt down a couple times, but... What is remaining, the original roof, which with the bullet hole still in it at all, and some of the old ferro tables are still there, and they're now encased on the walls. But above that building in uh, 1881 was Virgil Earp's office, was, uh, Virgil Earp's office which is kind of cool. So, I mean, you know, you yeah. walk out that door, and you're steps away from where, Sheriff, you know, where Sheriff Fred White was killed. And the history there is amazing. Arizona is a state that was built on the gun. Its history with the gun is is something that's part of, of, of a very rich American history and culture. And there's a well-funded effort to try to take our culture away from us right now. And Arizona, as you guys know, is right on the front lines, which is why I'm looking forward to go out to speak to those incredibly knowledgeable people at the Arizona Citizens Defense League who are getting ready to stare down the muzzle of Bloomberg's wallet. And, and we can talk about that. 
And I do right. want to I do want to talk to you about Bloomberg and some politics. We have got about a minute left, so if you stick around for the next segment, we'll get to that. Sure, um, absolutely. I, I know I've only been to Arizona once. Been there before. It reminded me a lot of be, some deserts overseas, and it took me a while to get used to that. Uh, it was a it's a beautiful place. Uh, anyway, and I know we've told the story on here before. We were sitting there at one of your broadcasts, and right. as the uh, as the evening came, Kevin and I started <laughs> rolling to our rolling down. our sleeves down and putting our collars up, waiting for the mosquitoes to attack. And they everybody's looking at us like, "What are you two doing?" <laughs> they they don't yeah. exist. They don't exist there. Uh, it's, yeah, well, it's going to be hotter than blazes when you and I are out there. Oh, sure. Uh, together in Tucson, it, it will still be up in the hundreds. You know, it'll be in the triple digits, but. You know, it's a dry heat. Just like my <laughs> you know, I, I can hear it when I get home. Why aren't you traveling this much? Go. Oh, yeah. Go. <laughs> his, his wife frequently calls the rest of us and asks us why Kevin's still not traveling. <laughs> yeah. So. yeah, my wife at this point is like, God, aren't you supposed to be on the road by now? <laughs> <laughs> Mark, will be back in a couple of minutes coming to you live from the Celtic Studios. We'll see you in a moment. You're listening to Armstrong Radio, live from the Keltec Studios. Call the Keltec Studios online right now, 407-774-8255. 407-774-8255. Now, more Arms Room Radio, live coast to coast, with Mike and the guys in the Keltec Studios. This segment of Arms Room Radio is brought to you by GunTech USA. For tactical excellence, check them out online at GunTechUSA.com. That's G-U-N-T-E-C-U-S-A dot com. Welcome back to Arms Room Radio. Our guest uh, we're joined by is uh, Mr. Mark Walters from Armed American Radio. Mark, you, you back with this all right? I am. I'm here. You know you know how I, I know Mark's got a gun tech watch? And he wears a nice gun tech USA watch? Because I gave it yeah, to him. Yeah, because he took it off my <laughs> wrist. <laughs> well, that's the fact, it was last time we were out in Arizona. Let me tell you a quick funny story about that. I could not figure out Kevin when Kevin set the watch for me. He set it to beep at the top of every hour, and the alarm went off at about eleven twenty every <laughs> single night. <laughs> I couldn't find the GunTech watch for weeks, and yet every time I was in the shower in the morning, I'm hearing this beep, <laughs> and I finally found it. My wife had stuffed it in a shoe on a shoe rack in the bottom and <laughs> the back of my closet. I finally found it, and I finally figured it out how to turn it off. So it sits in my case with all my other cool watches. Well, you've got to have a magnifying glass to read the instructions because they're a little small. Yeah. <laughs> they're for well, young people to read. I need to. That, that would have helped. I don't know Mandarin, but I would have <laughs> It's not in Mandarin. It's been translated into English from several other languages, so it reads like it's stereo instructions from Mars. <laughs> it, it definitely did, but I did figure it out. With, you know, I've got other chronographs, and I you know, finally realized what the little things that went on and off meant. So. <laughs> Wonderful. Mark, we if you have we, a problem like that in the future, just give me a call. Give Kevin a call, yeah. Don't yeah. just press the button. To. I went through Mike, and he said, uh, I don't know. He, I think he just liked the fact that I was suffering. <laughs> that's, that's yeah, Mike. pretty much. Yeah. I've seen Kevin do the same thing, and his will beep, and he'll, he'll just every hour go, what was that? And we're like, we didn't hear anything. So, yeah, you do the same <laughs> thing with the lights flash. and you know, I think he's having a stroke. Yeah, It's not funny. Old people get worried about that kind of stuff. <laughs> yeah, you do, don't you? <laughs> <laughs> 
Could laugh be. it up, fuzzball. Ooh. Laugh it up. Yeah. You're going to catch me real quick. Stay <laughs> well, ahead of me. I'm going to let you win. <laughs> That's it. Mark, we said we were going to talk a little politics. You and I are going to be out in Arizona uh, just under two months from now. Uh, it, you, Bloomberg's making the march. I just saw this past week out in Seattle. They've The city council out there has passed a law, uh, ordinance, I guess it would be, that they're going to put extra tax on every firearm sale and every ammunition sale. Uh, I know yeah. this was a Bloomberg sponsored, and this is starting to, to march down the coast down there as part of his plans to, to eventually get through through Nevada and Arizona. Well, it's worse than that. What you saw happen in Oregon, what you saw with the gun tax in, in Seattle, uh, with the gun and ammunition, 25 per gun, up to between 2 and $0.05 cents per round of ammunition, as if criminals will pay that tax. Yeah. And with what you saw, the arrogance with what we saw in this magazine gun ban, or this magazine ban in the uh, city of, of Los Angeles, inside the city limits of L.A., again, this is a city council and a mayor who are making law and infringing on the Second Amendment constitutional rights, enumerated rights, of American citizens within their jurisdiction. Let me tell you the arrogance, and then I'll tell you why it's so vital, why I will have been in Arizona now six times in the last 10 months, and we'll and, and intend on getting back again, I think, in November and, and December, definitely. But take a listen to the arrogance on this. Uh, where, you know the, the mayor, uh, Garcetti, out in Los Angeles? Yes. This has nothing to do with guns. But take a listen to the arrogance of this man. In the midst of California's historic drought, it takes bold ingenuity to maximize my goals for water conservation. This effort is emblematic of the kind of the creative thinking we need to meet those challenges. In other words, I am the end-all savior to the drought. Yeah. Listen to me. What he's doing is he's putting black balls, millions of them, over the L.A. reservoir to keep the water from evaporating. Now, let me go another step farther. The State Department, Hillary Clinton, okay, this is what we are up against, the arrogance of these people. After months of denials and delaying actions, talking about Hillary's emails, which we all know is a violation of, of numerous laws. She should be in prison, and I know Kevin can, can take it there. But after months of denials and delaying actions, Hillary Clinton has decided to turn over her private email server. She decided. Yeah, if the judge has been ordering for how many months now? This is the arrogance and the elitism of those on the left who are attempting to, and they are not stopping. I refer to them as gun control jihadis. They are very patient. This is a holy war to them. They hate your freedoms, and they are doing everything in their power to come after those freedoms. But these two, what seemingly independently benign examples, here's the thing. Hillary Clinton doesn't get to decide to turn over her private email. She's the secretary of state. She's using a private email server. Anybody with a clear mind knows this is a violation of law and has to, why? Of course you know why. And anybody who gives her the benefit of the doubt, people like Bill O'Reilly, who constantly give these people the benefit of the doubt, are complicit in her actions instead of calling her what we all know she is, a flat-out liar and a phony. And that's what she is. When it comes to guys like Garcetti who are infringing on our rights, he's no different. He is a liar. He is a snake. He is a charlatan. And it's all stemming from Bloomberg. This is a concerted effort coming down the coast. Here's why it's so important in Arizona. Arizona is one of those 18 ballot measure states. We saw Washington state fall with Bloomberg money. Very liberal state, Washington is. Lots of hippies, lots of drugs in Seattle. You can see it everywhere. I'll see it in you know three days. Oregon, as liberal, if not more. Lots of flowers in people's hair and lots of people going, oh, check it out. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Instead of go get a job. 
All right, so we see a lot of this. Same thing with California. Arizona's a different ballgame. Arizona's a very conservative, very gun-friendly state, widely regarded as having the best gun laws in the United States of America. That's arguable, but it's clearly within the top two or three, no doubt. has been for many, many years, since the 1880s. Bloomberg wants to pick this off. If he can pick off enough liberals to initiate the ballot initiative, to, to, uh, to vote in and pass the ballot initiative for uh, extended background checks, the phony extended background checks in Arizona, he's going to use that effort to say, look, the number one gun-friendly state in the country, and he's going to use that to come after us at the federal level. Depending on the outcome of what happens in 2016, this is the biggest, most severe, serious fight that, that we in the, uh, in the pro-rights movement have ever faced. Arizona yeah. is now ground zero, guys. It is ground zero, far not. And, and this is it. This is why forces are being uh, compiled. This is why this is why it's all heading towards Arizona. This I know. I'm going out there. You're out there, like you said, six times this year alone uh, to to gather the forces and get everything standing up against Bloomberg. It's you know the, the the guy's got he's got the bucks. You know, and and what do you do? You can you can you can ask all the other uh, com- all the other organizations. You you, you donate. I know I'm, uh, you and I are. are uh, Friends of the Second Amendment Foundation, we donate to them. We donate to the Arizona Citizens Defense League, Georgia's, uh, Georgia Carry, Florida Carry, all of them. But and, and and we promote and we get them the money and the fundraising, so they have the fees, the money to to take on the lawyers uh, of, uh, or take on Bloomberg's law with the lawyers. But he's throwing billions at it. It's you know it's it's an uphill you, battle. It's almost impossible to outspend this guy. Well, you can't. It, it, it's not almost impossible, Kevin. It is impossible to outspend him. He he can't be out. He can buy the NRA. The NRA's annual budget is around two hundred and fifty to four hundred million. All right, let's be realistic. He here. spills that much, doesn't bother to pick it up. Yeah. Pocket change him. You know, I, I heard Donald Trump talking on a <clears throat> excuse me on a uh, some type of interview today when he was asked uh, over at Trump Tower how much you know he makes. He is four hundred million a year. He's worth ten billion dollars. Bloomberg is worth three and a half times that. Yeah. Okay, four hundred million dollars to Bloomberg is nothing. He wrote a check to that phony Shannon Watts, and I'm being nice because I, I'm on radio for a living and I understand FCC uh, regulations. I wish I was on satellite right now. Yeah, 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 but, all of us. Okay, but Shannon Watts took a check for $50 million from this guy. The SAF will never, I don't care how much we donate, have a budget that large. This was just the beginning for him. So they're buying the media. Here's what they can't do, and here's where I want people to keep their heads up. Just about a minute left, Mark. We have the Second Amendment written into the Constitution. We are on the right side of history. We have an enumerated right. There are over 300-plus million guns in this country. We are right. They are wrong. We're not trying to add the Second Amendment and gain a new right. They're trying to take an existing right away from us. So we, are at, we hold the high ground, and we will always hold the high ground. Never forget that. We are on the right side of history. Gun owners are mainstream America. They are the extremists. That's why I don't talk to those idiots. I talk about them because they get enough, they get enough airtime. They get enough airplay. This time is our time. That's why we're talking about this now. We don't have Shannon Watts sitting here jabber jawing around and giving us a bunch of crap on the air. We're not, not going to waste our time with that. So it's very important that people remember that we are winning this fight, even though it doesn't appear that way. I got to tell you, get your head out of your media. Okay. We are winning this fight. The momentum is on our side. It may not appear like that from time to time, but it is. Mark, thank you for joining me. Thank you for coming on the program as usual. Uh, please, armedamericanradio.org. You could follow Mark on uh, your local station on the on the big program on the on Sundays, or you can check out where he's going on the Daily Defense Hour. Mark, one last question. 
Sure what, you're in Georgia. It's open carry. What are you carrying? Yeah. Uh, right now, I'm carrying a Glock 17. Nice. Glock 17. <laughs> you're listening to Arms Room Radio coming to you live from the Keltec Studios. We'll see you after the break. Listening to Arms Room Radio live from the Keltech Studios. Call the Arms Room Hotline right now. 407 774 8255. 407 774 8255. Now, more Arms Room Radio live coast to coast with Mike and the guys in the Keltech Studios. Welcome back to Arms Room Radio. Woo! Hear that crowd, Earl? Every every week you do it, you get that get those stands filled out there. Just doing my job. Man, they 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 love coming here. You know what? Is it because it's 108 degrees outside? Well, and we got air conditioner. That may have it? something to do with it. Something to do with it. All right. Hey, Kevin, I want to talk this uh, this segment about a issue that's come up in uh, your home state there. In, Easy. Uh, in, and what's your home state? Historically, I'm a Florida resident. Now. Well, Florida resident, sure, but you're you're. Uh, I've been here longer than you've been alive. That's true. Well, almost. That's almost. true. He wrote his dinosaur here. He, he did. <laughs> it was an Alabama Dino. <laughs> Use guys. Uh, Alabama, what was it? But before we get into the, the story, it's from Greenbow? Greenbow, Alabama? No. Greenbow, Alabama. Alabama. I thought, I thought There's it was no such Greenbow. place. It's actually Red Bay. Green, but, oh, Greenbow. Well, what you're saying is that when the Ice Age came, it wiped out Greenbow? <laughs> no, Greenbow was a misnomer. It was a really bad part of Alabama. Oh, okay. To get the Vikings to go there, they called it Greenbow. Oh, gotcha, gotcha. And they the, call yeah. Everybody knows about the Vikings in Alabama history. I mean, <laughs> they teach that I was on there. The, yeah, they I teach saw it. In the books. I saw it. So. Alabama sheriffs unite against gun reform measure. Now, correct me if I am wrong, but I've always thought of Alabama to be more traditionally to the right when it came to gun rights. That was true before. Before. But this is the New South right. where they don't want anybody armed because they want to oppress your rights just like every other major metropolitan area. Gotcha. The, the Birmingham police, the Montgomery police. Sure. I are, get that. The, yeah, I'm sorry. Go they're, ahead. they're not any different than the yeah. Atlanta police or the L.A. police or the Philadelphia police. They're their own gang. Right. As soon as you get to a, a, a becoming a large urban center, uh, it's the immediate uh, reaction is to disarm everybody. Right. It, it happened in Tombstone. You know? Yeah, yeah. You know, let's disarm the public. That way well, we won't have that, to worry about the shootings. That's a little different, you know, historically, because I don't see a lot of guys walking around Birmingham just shooting the place up. Right. Right. But I'm, I'm just saying that the first reaction to how do we stop guns, and even even if it was some, some, some herps, the, the first reaction to stop gun violence is to get rid of the guns. Well, they weren't going to get rid of the liquor. Correct. Correct. They made too much money on that. Yeah. Yeah. So we have some big cities where this is evidently occurring to some larger counties. Uh, Bemoaning the loss of uh, May issue practices. Uh, May issue. The difference between May and shall is when you apply in a state for a license that is a shall issue state, unless there is reason not to issue to you, which means you're disqualified for you know, former crimes or some sort of domestic some violence or mental illness. Seventy-three yeah. issue usually, yeah. Uh, that's a shall issue. Uh, Alabama was a may issue state. 
And as a May issue state, the sheriffs were the ones that decided, you know, if they if they may or not. I, when I was a young man living there, um, back when cap and ball was still a regularly <laughs> used method by which you fired a firearm, right? Um, you had to give the serial number of the weapon you wanted to carry to the sheriff, and it was listed on your we- in your concealed weapons permit, and that was the only one you were allowed to carry. Yeah, that's a backdoor gun registration. Yeah. We're not going to register it to you when you buy it, but if you want to carry it, we're going to we're going to take the numbers down. Right. Uh, again, bemoaning the loss of May issue practices, a group of Alabama sheriffs assembled Tuesday to stand against a bill to expand carry rights to vehicles in the state. Now, I, like Florida, you can carry a weapon, a firearm, in your vehicle without any kind of concealed weapons permit as long as it's encased. Yes, yes, you have to you have to meet a certain couple of requirements. You know the 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 accepted the generic term for it is a, is the two step rule, which will keep you legally sound. Right. The and by two steps I mean you have to take two specific action actions, take open two items, pull pull one out of a holster, open holster a snap. Excuse me, unsnap a snap. You have to the two step rule will keep you legally safe in Florida. It may not keep you. Practically safe, and he no, may still get a town. ride. Yeah. but you won't uh. get you won't get successfully prosecuted. Uh, at stake is a measure proposed by Senator Gerard Allen, Republican of Tuscaloosa, which would carry, which would allow the carry of loaded guns in vehicles by those without. Here's the key: without a current concealed carry permit. Measure passed the Senate Committee on Finance and Taxation by a seven-one vote without debate earlier this month. Bill had passed the Senate as a whole during the regular session in May, but was left in a holding pattern until brought back up in the current special session. Sheriffs do not want it. All right, let me give you my opinion, and then I want to hear from from, from my attorney sitting here with me. This is an ex- sounds like an extension of the Castle Doctrine. You're allowed to carry your gun in your house in a concealed manner without a license. Why can I not carry it in my vehicle? I'm not talking about between the two. I'm talking about in the vehicle. Why do I have to have a license? It's... I, why can't I extend the castle doctrine to there? We have we've given vehicles rights as far as carjacking. We've we've given uh, uh, we've upped the the you know, the crimes and the penalties if it involves anything while I'm in the vehicle. Doesn't that mean it's because I'm in the vehicle? It does. The sheriffs don't want this because it's open season on law enforcement because of the way the administration has basically given the nod to individuals wanting to use violence against law enforcement. I understand why they're worried. but the, and, and they cite some things in this story, for example, that they didn't issue a concealed firearm uh, permit to John Hauser. John Hauser didn't have a permit when he walked into that theater and opened fire. Right. He was illegally carrying that firearm concealed on his person. Correct. They don't care if they've got a concealed weapon permit if they're a, if they're a criminal. They don't care. Wait, they, wait, wait. It, criminals don't care about laws, right? They they it, they He's don't flashed. walk into a store and say, "Wait, it's a gun free zone." Oh wait, my bad. Let me oh, leave. There's a sign. It, it doesn't. They don't care about the law. They're, this being changed only disarms law-abiding citizens. It does not disarm criminals. And the criminal knows they have the firearm in the car, and they know that the police are going to look for it. Guess what they're going to do with the firearm in the car? They're going to shoot the police officer. That's not going to stop the police officer from getting shot. That's what the sheriffs are saying. 
The sheriffs want to be able to say, you can't have the firearm in your car because if you have the firearm in the car, I can arrest you. That's a great idea. We're going to make it illegal to have a firearm in a car. So the only people that have firearms are in cars are criminals, and the criminals don't care if they shoot the police. I think right now in Alabama, if you get caught with a firearm in a car... It's a misdemeanor. It's, yeah, it's a, it's, a, it's a misdemeanor. It's, just, it's a disorderly conduct charge. It's not a carrying a concealed firearm in a vehicle. So what they're trying to do is take this from a misdemeanor offense right. to a, a non-offense. Correct. And I, and I can't see where this is a bad thing. I can't. I, we're not talking about... Taking the taking the gun and open carrying it somewhere, or taking it into a bar, or a restaurant, or a hospital, or any place else. We're talking about in your car. If it's besides sitting at your desk at work, it's probably you know the the second most place, or well, including home, work, the vehicle is probably the place where you sit the third most part of your life. Yeah. Why not be able to protect yourself in that vehicle? Why not extend that castle doctrine to the vehicle? And I think that's. I think they should. I think they should also. I think these sheriffs are overreacting, but it's and it looks like. They're overreacting because of heartburn. They lost the May issue uh, item and, and because they were the big boys on the block to cut say yes or no. And now they're a shallow issue there, state. There, there may be some some rectal pain right, yes. as a result of this <laughs> yeah. of this their little hurt. But I think they're they're more looking at this as a uh, we have to say something because we're getting shot at regularly. Regularly, but what what do they get? That they understand that it's not the law-abiding gun owners that are shooting they, they, at they, them. They don't care about that. There's a difference between motion and progress. This is motion, not progress. This doesn't stop law enforcement officers from getting shot at. It's not going to stop it. No. no, this is and again, it just, just doesn't make but sense. They can't to me think why of anything else. Why? Why? Yeah. Why they would do this? They're you're talking about putting people that have a background check. Uh, they've their legal owners of the firearm, uh, and, and let them carrying it in the car. This is not the the felon that stole the gun. He is not going to when you get pulled over by law enforcement go. Well, excuse me, deputy. Issue here's my, my citation. Yeah, here's my firearm right here because um, I'm now it's legal in the car. You're still a convicted felon in moron. possession of a <laughs> yeah. firearm. Yeah. It's yeah. still a felony. Have a nice trip to jail. Yeah, ex- exactly. He's not going to tell you he's got it. He's going to show you he has it. I don't right. know. Some of them might actually say, "Hey, I've got this," because they're just that stupid. Yeah, that's it's true. They're 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 not the smartest group. That's criminals. That's what we're talking about. Not the smartest group. So I'm not sure why. Not sure why these uh these uh, these Alabama sheriffs. And again, this is not all of them. This was just like a dozen. There's you know there's there's several there's there's, there's, there's more than a dozen. There's counties. more than a dozen counties in in uh, Alabama. Uh, but this is. Um, I don't. I think this is their, 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 their. Again, it says waxing poetic for a return to May issue. They've latched onto a gun issue, and said we're opposed to it. Bring back May issue. And and and, and I believe the legislature and the the representatives are saying, um, but catch up. You know, we're, we're past that. That was uh, was two years ago. That changed. We're you know we're moving forward now. I, I love the 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 response they give is well you know we know about the people that live in our communities. And we know if they've had a bad time or they're going through a divorce. No, they don't. Well, yeah, and, and They don't know that. If that's true, there should be zero crime in their community because they know. They know the people. Right. They could get it's, to them ahead of time. This is not they're Mayberry. Yeah. yeah. Right? It's not Mayberry. They could get to them ahead of time and, uh, and take care of it. All right. Thank you for joining us. First hour of the Arms Room Radio Show. We 
We'll be uh, we'll be back after the break, and uh, we're going to talk to you some more. We got some, we want to talk to you more about some policing issues. So please, please exercise your Second Amendment rights responsibly. If you aren't ready, get ready, and if you are ready, stay ready. See you in a few minutes. Listening to Armstrong Radio live from the Keltec Studios. Call the Armstrong Hotline right now. 407-774-8255. 407-774-8255. Now more Armstrong Radio live coast to coast with Mike and the guys in the Keltec Studios. Welcome back to Armstrong Radio. Hey, I want to thank our guest from the first hour, uh, Mr. Mark Walters from Armed American Radio. That's armedamericanradio.org. You want to check him out, see where he's going. Uh, he's, uh, he was very gracious enough to give us a call in today. So thank you to Mark. If you, if you missed the first hour, when's, when's the podcast go up, Earl? What is it, sometime in the middle of the week, something like that? I uh, shoot to have it up by, by Wednesday. By Wednesday. Shoot for it by Wednesday, depending on, uh, depending on the business at the other world uh, that we're in, the gun world. Yeah, maybe Tuesday, maybe Thursday. Sometimes, maybe even Monday. Sometimes, maybe even Monday. But don't push it. Don't push it. Don't right? Just, hold your breath. Yeah. If it's not yeah. there, don't call. <laughs> let's uh, let's go can, around the table email, today. And, yeah, yeah, email's fine. Let's go around the table and introduce the cast of characters we have back with us. On my right, the right-hand man, the great-great-great-great-great-great-great-grandson of Daniel Boone. Please welcome him back. His name is Earl. Am I only one that counts every time to make sure you got it right? <laughs> I have the numbers in my head, and as you know, I am, yeah, I am a math man. Everybody has the numbers in their head. I'm a math man. We I all have, went to I, second grade. I have the math. I do the math. I do the math. You know, math can be misleading, too. Math can be used for evil purposes. It can be fuzzy, right? It can be fuzzy. No, not fuzzy, but you can use math for evil purposes. Math is for good. Math is for profit. Math is for moving things around the world. Math is for, mm-hmm. for the speed of light. I have a slide rule that's circular. <laughs> slide rule. It goes out an extra decimal place. So, well, and I used to drive my physics professor crazy because it's Soviet. He, oh, yes. And he was like, that's not a slide rule. Slide yes, rule. it is. Don't. And I would beat him to calculations and be one decimal place further into the math than he was. He hated me. You know, oh, according oh. to the law of averages, <laughs> according to the law of averages, everyone on this planet has one testicle and one fallopian tube. <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah. I don't have a fallopian tube. No, I, but according to the law of averages, you do. I just have to say, don't let Kevin fool you. That wasn't a slide roll. That was an abacus. Kevin Jenner. <laughs> abacus. <laughs> and I, you know what? You wouldn't even know how to use an abacus there, smart boy. I let me go around the room so we can tell you who the abacus users are. Um, sitting on my left in the 10 o'clock position is the courtroom assassin, the legal ninja. Please welcome back Mr. Kevin Maxwell. And I know how to use an abacus. I know you do. <laughs> he invented it. I know you do. I didn't invent it. I patented it. <laughs> so that means he knows how to spell it. Yes. And directly across from me is Mr. Alec Weber, the Alec Weber Esquire, the Samurai Side. Sir. Got the sir. And that's enough. 
I'll spell it. I'll give you a spell it in a second, buddy. <laughs> mm-hmm. Hey, uh, we want to get right into the topic. We don't have a lot of time. We only have the the hour left, and we've got about two hours worth of topics. So we want to make sure we get all of this to you. Talk For everyone really, really else fast. out there listening, that's Kevin. Please shut up. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. Uh, we we kind of touched on it a little bit at the end of the last hour uh, with with law enforcement, and I want to talk to you this hour about it. We're bringing it up. Uh, joining us also today, sitting around as one of your our, our subject matter experts, is Mister uh, Mark Kovacs from Protective Service Consultants. Mark, how are you doing today? Doing great. How's it going, Mike? Going excellent. Mark, what are you, 20, 25 years in the business in the law enforcement business now? Twenty six years. Twenty six years. So twenty six years. That's a that's quite an accomplishment. And uh, and Mark, if as all you can see. Has all of his hair. Yeah, I think he started when he was nine. (laughs) He may have. He may have. Uh, So thank you for joining us, Mark. Um, Glad to be here. Hey, one of the things I wanted to talk about, wanted to bring up with you is what is the, first off, the the nonsense going on around the country with, uh, it seems to be open season on law enforcement. Yeah, it's it's, uh, definitely getting to be more of a dangerous job. I, I think part of the issue is, you have society that no one's being held accountable. You, you have, you know, we're making excuses for everybody that's committing a violent act, <sighs> shooting at cops, and it's like, oh, it's okay. I, I saw one today in, in the paper that was uh, the from Ferguson this past week, and, and and you know, come on, what what the heck's going on out there? Can we so can tired we, of Ferguson? Yeah, can oh we not, can we not get that under control? But it was. We don't blame the suspects for shooting at the cops because they were in uh, plain clothes. So it it was clearly not it was clearly not their fault that they shot at them. Yeah, they thought they were shooting at just a citizen. Yeah, that, it, which was okay. Yeah, it's okay. <laughs> I, 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 I don't. It doesn't make a difference. Going to give you a mulligan. Yeah, yeah. It's all right. You were you were you was you wasn't in uniform, so you know we're good. But see, oh, I should. would yell that. Hey, hey, wait a minute. I'm not a cop in uniform. You're not allowed to shoot at me. Yeah. <laughs> what do you mean they're shooting back at me? Ho ho ho! We can't do that. Um, I you know I questioned last year when um, or earlier this year uh, 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 what the what was the officer's name that was in the shooting out there in Ferguson with Michael Brown um, Darren, Wilson. Darren Wilson when Darren Wilson resigned and you know after myself with twenty years I said you know why would you do that why would you run and hide from this why would you not take this face on oh you know you know that administration told him you're done sure just, just resign yeah yeah listen the only place he could have ended up was. You know, work in the evidence room or something. School resource, yeah, he's, school he's, resource he's, something he's like that. He's in the cage. Yeah, 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 he's in the cage. But you know, why why not stand there and say this is my job, this is what I do? Um, hopefully, hopefully, you know, he'll get to write a book someday and, and be an instructor and make and make some money. And because because he was forced out of his chosen profession. Well, like but, we've talked about, Mike. Rule number one: when you go to uh, command officers course in these FBI and national academies, the, these administrators that go there, rule number one: protect the agency. Right. They don't so, care what happens to the officers. Sacrifice the pawn. That's exactly what the administrations think. The he left, and I don't know why he left. And I and I get that he was probably counseled by the supervisors and the bosses and the oh, yeah. and the mayor and everybody else out there to to get out of get out of dodge. Um, but but why? And I I, I I I didn't agree with his decision. But now every day I'm like, mm, okay, well, this kid might have made the right move. Yeah, it's good for him. <laughs> and, and everybody yeah. anybody that gets out of the business anymore, I tell him, man, good move. This is so. It is so anti-cop anymore. And, that, and that's just it. There's there's a case that's gone on out in uh, Arlington where, where the the football player, Texas. yeah, Arlington, Texas. Thank you. Where the where the 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 angelic football player 
um, as the news makes it out, he was, a good which was shot and killed. Right. Never mind that he drove the car, his own car, burglarized, burglary style, through the big plate glass window, was stealing cars, was bashing them up. I, I don't know. And again, we're talking only property damage, but there was something in the you know quarter million dollar range worth of property yeah, damage. That's acceptable. He's uh, out there. He's challenging the officer. He's giving him lawful commands. Basically, he's telling, thumbing his nose at right. them. Yeah, they're telling him, stop, stop, get down. You know, Depending on where you're standing, which were, you know the vehicles. Again, the, evidently, the kid did not have a firearm, but... Drive a drive a four thousand pound vehicle at me, yeah. you know, and that's just as deadly weapon as as a bullet. Absolutely, and, absolutely. And he was on training. He wasn't a young kid. Uh, he was on training. He was in his field training program, and he, he is an at will employee. But rather than the agency stand up behind him, uh, you're fired. Get out. Yeah, you're, you're fired. You know, there's all sorts of you know his lawyer has come out. Uh, you know, there's there, there's all sorts of justification. But again, the lawyer comes on and says the biggest fears of this chief is getting a paper cut and losing his six-figure salary. That's all these chiefs. Yeah. <laughs> That's yeah. every chief. Yeah. And so not only is the public turning on law enforcement, but it seems as though senior administration is turning on some law enforcement. Yeah, absolutely. No hey, leadership. Yeah. When we come back from the break, we're actually going to have a member of some uh, a law enforcement agency, current member of law enforcement agency, coming back to help talk us about this. You're listening to Arms Room Radio, coming to you live from the Caltech Studios. You're listening to Arms Room Radio, live from the Caltech Studios. Call the Arms Room Hotline right now, 407-774-8255, 407-774-8255. Now, more Arms Room Radio, live coast to coast, with Mike and the guys in the Caltech Studios. Welcome back to Arms Room Radio. Jumping right back into topic here, we're talking about law enforcement being becoming the victim. They're the, they're the target-rich environment. They, they have become the targets of society, of certain parts of society. Absolutely. Trying to figure out what the reason is there. Uh, we've we've seen that when officers take action, they're, it seems like they're being dumped upon by their agencies. And it's getting worse. Um, uh, joining us on the line is uh, Lieutenant Bill. I'm just going to call him Lieutenant. <laughs> Lieutenant Bill works for a, a major metropolitan agency here in Florida. Uh, with uh, again, how many tw- how many years over twenty now, Bill? Twenty seven, actually, Mike. Twenty seven years. Ooh. So, Bill is not one of the supervisors that is dumping on people. That's not what where our Bill's brought in. Bill's from that unique point where, and I've had the pleasure of working with him over the years, where uh, he's a boss with uh, that gets his hands dirty. Old school. Um, yeah, you, you look over and you're like, wow, there should really. You know, we should really get a supervisor out here and let them know what's going on. And you realize he's got his hands on the bad guy already. <laughs> he's standing right next to you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, exactly. You so. rang. Well, you know, they they didn't break my badge when they uh, when they put rank on my sleeve or on my collar. So you're, you're still a cop first. Exactly sure. right. Exactly right. Um, Bill, let me, let me jump back for for topic here. What, what's what's your opinion? Why? What, how how did cops become the target? 
How did this happen? How did we get from you know September twelfth, two thousand one, where you you couldn't you couldn't make a move without somebody buying you a meal or a cup of coffee or a house, and and now and now and now you know you're, you're we're the dredges of society. Well, you know, Mike, I, I think what we're looking at is we're, we're looking at a cyclical thing. Uh, if you remember in, in law enforcement history, you know, look at the sixties and the seventies. It, it was a horrible time to be a cop. Your, your dad was a cop then. That's when he, he cut his teeth on it. Uh, it was horrible. Uh, and it was, be, uh, I, I think a breakdown in, in society, uh, people wanting to have certain freedoms and not be restricted. And I think we're kind of going through that again. The pendulum has swung back that way. Uh, there is so much available. There's so much information out there. And you can look at uh, news agencies. You can look at in the mainstream media that, you know, they, they got to get that 30-second sound bite out there. So what is the most shocking thing I can say that's going to grab somebody's attention and not cause them to leave my channel and go to one of the other 300 other yeah. uh, media outlets that are out there. Right. That, that's a great point. Uh, and I think it's, it's, we're an easy target because uh, through legal process and, and, uh, and, you know, sure others can speak more about this. What's is the usual response from law enforcement when something happens, we can't comment because it's an active investigation or we can't comment because it's in litigation. Uh, and that just opens up the door for speculation, uh, especially now when we have such a, uh, a broad reach of available information. And if there's a vacuum, somebody's going to fill it. And it may not necessarily be filled with the correct information. Absolutely. The me- and the media, it is worldwide now, whereas before we know in the 60s, 70s, 80s, we relied on a little bit of TV, a little bit of radio. And some uh, newspapers, and now, now here we are. I mean, you you flip on it's instant, and it's a hundred stations carrying the same story as opposed to, you know, three or four stations carrying the same story and then moving on to the biggest story, bigger story. Yeah, absolutely. And and, and stepping back a half step, Bill, I, I agree completely that it's it's a very cyclical thing. You know, you you see for for ten years, it's the it's the pat on the backs and everything's wonderful, and you can go backwards. To you know, it was it was it was horrible before that. It was it was a you know the '60s and '70s where there were it was it was lawlessness in some parts of the country is exactly what we're what we're seeing again. And there was another spike between that. We're forgetting the the late '80s part, the the cocaine cowboy days, where it was do anything you can to save us cops, uh, but but don't do that. You know, and, and don't become part of the problem. So it, right. it's you know it's and we're not looking at yeah. one cycle since the '60s. We're looking at uh, you know, and, and again, unfortunately, a lot of it come out of Florida with the uh, with with a lot of lack of training. I think when we were trying to fill law enforcement uh, shoes, and I think well, part- we had that especially uh, in, in the early '80s. You remember with the we had the uh, uh, Mario boat lift, and we had yeah. just tons of people coming into South Florida, and you couldn't swing a dead cat in a thirty foot circle and hit somebody who wanted to be a cop. Right, uh, yeah. and we experienced that again. Uh, in the late 90s, why would I want to go out there and risk my life uh, for, you know, I, I remember my starting salary uh, in 89 uh, was $22,000. Yeah. Um, yeah. Now, my particular agency uh, is one of the highest starting salaries in, in 
my area at 53000 to start as a police officer, which is pretty good money. Uh, and it's from you know, a time when I came in where they handed me, uh, all right, here's two pairs of pants and two shirts and go sew your patches on to where new officers come in and the only thing that they need to have is T-shirts and underwear. Uh, when you saw the economic collapse happen and you start seeing people apply for government jobs for security, for pension, for insurance, and things like that. I would have bankers and, and presidents and CEOs sitting across from me that are out of work. They lost their, you know, six high six or seven-figure job. Oh, I've always wanted to be a cop. I've always re- really respected you guys. Um, yeah, I worked with a lot. But, I worked with a lot of them in the late 90s like that. I yeah, think. it's you know, they, they were, you know... Uh, they're coming in, oh, well, you know, I've always wanted to do this. And, well, I, there's probably some ulterior motives as to why you want to do that. And, again, that's cyclical as well. Right, right. Well, you... uh, so it's – and I think we're just – again, we're, we're the easy target. Um, it, it just – it's be- becoming more and more difficult for us to do our job because society wants certain things and they want to tie our hands. Uh, you know, we're dealing with down here in South Florida – uh, where uh, Miami-Dade County uh, and some cities in Miami-Dade County and in Broward County are decriminalizing uh, misdemeanor possession of marijuana, where the officer is going to issue a civil citation with a fine attached as opposed to making an arrest or giving a notice or a promise to appear. Yeah, and, and that's strictly based on the volume of activity and, and the, the the room in the jail. You know, if if they could make an arrest for marijuana and know that the guy was going to go in and perform his uh, time and, and be out, that would be fine. But if, if they put every marijuana user in jail down there, you'd have to build, you know, 10 new jails a day. Well, look, no, absolutely. Look at the quality. Uh, and, you know, I understand uh, why, you know, there, there, there's a socioeconomic impact for that type of arrest and for what is considered, uh, you know, a nonviolent or a victimless crime. But it's a crime nonetheless, and, uh, and that's our job. We are law enforcement. We're not law ad- yeah, you tell advisory. Us, tell us what the law is. We'll make the arrest. Some of the, exactly. applic- some of the applicants that's you're seeing? That's what we're charged to do. We find probable cause. We bring them in front of the courts, and the courts met out justice. Uh, you know, and I, I think that law enforcement is looked at as we're the, the, the evil bad guys because we're interfering with, uh, well, this this should be my right. Well, until the right is granted by law, it's not your right. Exactly, exactly. Mark, you wanted to say? Yeah, I was going to say, you know, we're looking at uh, administrations within the cities and law enforcement agencies. We, we've encompassed this business model. We've pulled it in. Where now we're hiring people, you have to have an education. You have to have a bachelor's degree or, or an associate's degree. I sat on a hiring board and was told by a chief, hey, we're not going to hire this guy with, with six years of military because he doesn't have a degree but we're going to hire this kid who's four years of a degree and has no life experience. So we're, we're demanding more of this education, which is coming out of liberal education institutions. So these guys that we're hiring, if they make the cut and come on board and want to be a cop with this education, how is their thought process? As well as, you know, we're, we're hiring the agencies that are starting out at 53,000. You're going to get good applicants. Most agencies don't have that luxury either. So we're not going to be hiring you know those top candidates that the agency is getting fifty three thousand can can afford to hire. So you know it, it's at a bump down, and 
just think about, you know, we demand all these things from these applicants, degree, training, you're going to be responsible for this, for that, for this. The, these guys are coming out of college going, mm, yeah, for 19 bucks an hour, no thanks. I'll go work at uh, Siemens or Lockheed Martin or something. I'll take my degree and go work there in the private, in, private industry. And, and that's a lot of it. And I know you were talking about yep. the, the hiring of people for or people that the agencies wanted to become more professional. Yep. You recall this where we're not going to hire the guy with two more years military experience, or excuse me, four years military experience and two years at a smaller agency. We're going to get the guy with four years college degree or at the time, the two year college degree. And those guys are the ones that are that are now hitting those 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 high supervisory ranks. Those are the ones that are making those decisions. And, and, a, and a lot of them. I'm not going to say all of them. I mean, there was a lot that I that I know that sure. they, they they made their bones on somebody else's back. Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. Um, it's more and more commonplace. Yeah, yeah, and and it is with with every industry, and I think that's just the way people were were raised with the uh, everybody gets a trophy mentality. You yeah, you don't necessarily have to get your hands dirty to get promoted anymore. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You don't have to be a. Good I just cop have to, to show my hands are cleaner than his. Absolutely. That's all. And that's what's happening. Now. The, the leper with the most fingers. The Absolutely. leper with the most fingers. <laughs> Absolutely. Okay. All right, listen, we're going to talk about this a little bit more when we come back from the break. We're going to have a, when we come back in, we're going to do a, a special Fallen Hero segment, and then we're going to come back in, we're going to talk about some some law enforcement training as it comes to uh, how law enforcement deals with the legal firearms owner. Uh, and, and there's some topics there, and we, again, we're going to give you some advice. Uh, we're going to give you what's going on, and uh, we'd love to hear your opinion. You're listening to Arms Room Radio, coming to you live from Caltech Studios. We'll see you after the break. To Arms Room Radio, live from the Kiltech Studios. Call the Arms Room Hotline right now. 407 774 8255. 407 774 8255. Now, more Arms Room Radio, live coast to coast, with Mike and the guys in the Kiltech Studios. The Fallen Hero segment of Arms Room Radio. Is proudly brought to you by MaxLawOrlando.com. Thirty years ago this week, August 8, 1985, Edward Pimentel, Specialist 4th Class, and his buddies left their barracks at Camp Pieri in Weisbaden, Germany, to go and relax in the Western Saloon, which was a popular hangout with soldiers stationed in the Weisbaden area. While there, Edward was approached by a man and a woman with whom he had a drink before leaving the establishment with them later. His body was discovered at 6 a.m. the next morning in a wooded area known to locals as Lover's Lane, about six miles north of Wiesbaden. He had been struck in the head three times before being executed by a pistol shot to the back of the neck. His wallet and military ID card were missing. A little over an hour later, at 7.19 a.m., a car bomb exploded in front of the 435th Tactical Airlift Wing Headquarters, on Rhine Main Air Base. The blast killed Becky Bristol, who was a civilian employee and wife of an airman stationed there, and Airman First Class Frank Scarton, who was a supply troop on temporary duty at Rhine Main from his home base of Char- Charleston Air Force Base in South Carolina. At least 19 persons were wounded by the blast. 32 vehicles were damaged or destroyed, and several buildings were damaged. 
The bomb was made up of five propane tanks and railroad lug nuts for shrapnel and was hidden in a car with forged U.S. Forces license plates. The Red Army faction terrorists behind it all scouted out the Western Saloon with the intention of luring a soldier away and stealing his ID card in order to gain access to Rhine-Main Air Base. On 13 August, the Reuters News Agency in Frankfurt received a letter from the Red Action Faction claiming responsibility for the attack and Specialist 4th Class Pimentel's ID card was also in the envelope. The events led to drastic changes in security measures at United States Air Force Europe and United States Army Europe installations and was a shocking wake-up call to the military personnel stationed at them. Rest in peace, Specialist 4th Class Edward Pimentel, Becky Bristol, and Airman First Class Scarton. Thank you for your Cold War service. You are not forgotten. If you'd like to get a hold of Max Law Orlando, there's a couple of ways that you can do it. You could give us a call at the office, 407-480-2179. You can reach us on Twitter, at Max Law Orlando. You can reach us on Facebook, facebook.com slash downtownattorneys. Or you can reach us on our website, maxlaworlando.com. Welcome back to Arms Room Radio. Thank you for that, Alec. Thank you uh, for everybody for for uh, taking an extra moment with us on the anniversary of the the bombing there in Wiesbaden. Bill, I know you and I remember that. Um, yeah, very much so. I remember the uh, the this even stateside the the forces changed at uh, Homestead Air Force Base that you and I used to frequent after that uh, mm-hmm. with the, with with everything that was going on. Uh, Mark, you back with us? I'm here. Okay, um, gentlemen. Before we get to law enforcement training, I had one question come up on the break when uh, we forgot to ask it last segment. I'm going to address this one to Lieutenant Bill. Bill, wh- why does it seem like the the agencies are, are 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 bailing out on their officers? What's what's going on here? It's a matter of saving face uh, with the public. It's you know I'm going to sacrifice one uh, to protect uh, the the agency or protect the uh, the city or the county, whatever it may be. Uh, unfortunately, again, this is this is cyclical as well. Uh, it's easier to throw a piece of meat uh, to the wolves and distract them uh, and, and give up on, on guys. And we're in such a litigious society as it is, uh, and it's all about that, you know, administrators want to mitigate their liability, uh, and they're going to separate themselves as quickly as possible. Uh, if it looks like that the officer... Uh, the perception that they may have done something wrong, such as the case in Arlington, nothing. We really don't have a lot of information that's come out on that yet. Right. Uh, but yet, oh, he's on FTO. He's at will. It's just easy for us to to cut your losses, cut cut, cut the losses, and, and move on. And, that, and that's uh, what that's what gets me about this one is that we don't know the facts. Okay, maybe the chief knows the facts, but if the chief knew the facts, that would clear him. They would put those facts out there. Um, yeah, some of the things that they said uh, really quick was that he separated himself from his FTL. Uh, he didn't have a uh, some type of action plan going in. Uh, how are you going to have an action plan on an in-progress call yeah. on a dynamic <laughs> scenario? Yeah, uh, Let's it, get out the dry erase board. <laughs> yeah, let's, let's, let's pull out the dry erase board. Let's pull out the magic eight ball while we're at it. Yeah. Yeah, you you know, guys are forgetting you know, the universal term. Timeout. Yeah. <laughs> TV timeout. Okay. TV timeout. All you had to do was call timeout. And the and everybody would have stopped what they were doing until they could figure out what the proper course was. Criminals yes. understand timeout just like they understand gun free zone. Oh yeah. 
Alec, Bill said litigation and your eyes lit up. What did you want to no, say? It doesn't have to do with litigation, actually. It's uh, <laughs> when did agencies stop back and their police officers? Oh. Well, how? I don't think it's every agency. No. Uh, I know we've had uh, had some incidents at my department, and both the you know the police chief and and the city manager uh, and the city commissioners stepped up and say, "Look, our officers were put in a tough position. We're sorry that this happened, uh, but yep, maybe he shouldn't have been breaking the law." There, and, there uh, are. Good agencies out there, and there's absolutely good, no, not that, not, not that there's a bad agency, but they're there's, fading. There's good agency heads, and there's good mayors, and there's good city councils, absolutely. and there's good city managers, and they're all about standing up for their officers. But I, I think more and more we're getting to the ones like like Mark said when 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 you enter command school, the first thing they said is protect the agency at all costs. It's the agency you need to protect, and by protecting the agency, you're protecting your job. By the way, yep, um, absolutely. Oh, that's. That's these chiefs. Most of these chiefs, you know, yeah. they're knocking in well, six you figures. You realize too that the the trend of police chiefs these days has gone away from career service to contract service. Absolutely, and, and I the think agency that plays a big factor as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's very rare that you see the. I don't know. I'm going to pull an example out of uh, thin air. The 47 year police officer who did many years in New York City, then 20 years in Dade County, and then as a chief of another department in Florida for the past uh, 12 or 13, 14 (laughs) years and was just called the officer of the year in uh, in North Florida. The career cop. And and for 47 years in uniform, and by the way, four years before that in the Navy. so, yeah, that's that's just a totally random fact. Yeah, to- yeah. totally random fact. Totally random fact. And I think we're yeah, losing that military that we... candidate too. Those we're losing the military candidates. Look at law enforcement now. This generation that's in the prime right now, very little military, as opposed to like when I started. You had a high incident of military officers. Your FTOs were leaders. Your sergeants were ex-military. They had some sort of leadership. They preach management now, not leadership. And I had to hide my military, my reserve service. I was still a reservist <laughs> when I started. Because although it looked great on paper to be in the military prior to... Agencies hate reservists. Agencies hate reservists. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a difficult yes, thing. Mark I, could I'm attest to that quite, well. quite adequately. <laughs> hold on, guys. Hold on. Kevin? M- Mark can attest to the fact that <laughs> departments hate Yeah, listen I, listen, I hate it well. Mark, Mark didn't hide it so well. Mark had to deal with it with an agency. I hid mine to where... Four or five years into it, they were like, "You're in the reserves." <laughs> you know, I mean, I just just swapped days and traded. It was just easier, you know. Um, Bill, you were saying, yeah. It's, I, again, with with mine, right after September 11th, my, you remember, you know, September 11th happened. September 13th, I'm overseas. Yeah, and, yep. and you know, I was I was gone, uh, and when I was gone at that time, they were given the sergeant's promotional process. Yeah. Well, I sent a letter saying, "Hey, I want to participate, and I have a right to." And they said, "Well, you're." gone in military you can't participate <laughs> yep uh and that's where you sarah and all this other stuff comes in and, yep. and they they blocked at it and when you have a couple federal marshals walk into the city manager's office and you know throw down a a, a cease and desist order uh or we're going to pull all your federal funding uh it, it was it was it was ugly <laughs> i um, love doing that kind of stuff <laughs> <laughs> well, it was great on my part but you know when when i came back they said okay you have two weeks to study that's it yeah and they make you pay for it on the yeah. back end yeah, my my agency was great with it publicly, mm-hmm. you know. That oh, look at our hero who's over serving, and then the doors closed. But they love that leadership skill. If you come back while you're there, man, you're great. You got leadership skills. You've got all this extra training. Hey, help your help your guys out. Well, I got to go we away for my weekend. 
Mm, we well. have a lot of guys that are coming through. Uh, I also teach at the, the local police academy uh, <clears throat> down here. Uh, and we are seeing a lot of the military veterans coming back. Yeah, that's and good. And the agencies are picking them up. Finally. Great to see. It, it, yeah. was, it, was, it, was, see. it was not upon initial comeback. Uh, and and, no, fi- and no. fi- finally, they're starting to get picked back up. In fact, we're going we're gonna, to we're, we're gonna get cut off here just a moment for a break. When we come back, we're going to talk about that training going on at the agency level as it deals to how law enforcement officers are dealing with you, the citizen, and, and carrying your firearm, whether it be in uh, an open carry state, or it happened to be, we're going to use Florida as the example today for a concealed carry or carrying in a vehicle, or just how, maybe maybe when you're fishing, because it's legal there in Florida. All right, you're listening to Arms Room Radio. We're coming to you live from the Caltech Studios. We'll see you after the break. Listening to Arms Room Radio live from the Kiltech Studios. Call the Arms Room Hotline right now. 407 774 8255. 407 774 8255. Now, more Arms Room Radio live coast to coast with Mike and the guys in the Kiltech Studios. Welcome back to Arms Room Radio. Last segments, we want to get right back into it. Mark, and this is for Mark and Bill here. Mark, um, what's the trend you're seeing? What's the trend you're seeing that's uh, going on with the way law enforcement is being trained? New law enforcement, the academy kids, or the the refresher training, the in service training, with how to treat the legal gun owner, the guy who has the concealed weapons permit, or just happens to be transporting his firearm back and forth legally in his car in Florida. We're going to use as an example. Unfortunately, the majority of what I'm seeing and what I've seen is now they're being treated the same as somebody who is not a legal gun owner or, you know, shouldn't be carrying a weapon. They're, they're treating everybody the same. You know, you pull over an officer or an officer pulls somebody over and the, the poor guy in the car goes, hey, officer, you know, I'm going to get my registration, but I have a gun in my glove box. Next thing you know, you know, you have deputies pointing guns at him going, get out of the car, getting this person out of the car because – He's told you he has a legal firearm in the car. So what are we doing? You know, where are we going with this? You, you you, know, we have reasonable suspicion. We have probable cause, you know, or do you have just a scared cop? Yeah, to legally own a gun is not a crime. Right. To tell law enforcement, you know, that you, and there's no requirement in Florida to tell, right. Right. but it's it's the courteous thing, and it's what every every class teaches, yeah. you know, because you... You could probably get away with the whole traffic stop without them knowing the gun is there as long as it's not involving the same place the registration is. But why surprise the officer? Exactly. Why risk it when a bullet or a magazine falls yep. on the floor or they see a butt of a gun? Bill, what, what's what's being taught? What's the right way this should be done? Well, the, the, the right way is, like with anything else, if they're in legal possession of a firearm, if I, if I do a traffic stop on somebody and they tell me, uh, hey, officer, I, I, I have my uh, a concealed weapon in, in my... Uh, in my glove box. Okay, sir, are you concealed weapon permit holder? Yes, I am. May I see it? And if they display that to me, okay, listen, you leave it there, I'll leave my gun on my hip, and we'll both be fine. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we say it every time. You you, you don't touch your gun, I won't touch my gun. You know, because we're, it, you know, obviously, you're going to be 
uh, a, a little more cautious just because they're a concealed weapons holder mm-hmm. doesn't mean that they're not having a bad day. Right. Uh, you know, if they say, well, I got my registration and my proof of insurance uh, in the glove box. All right, I'll tell you what. In today's society and in, in law enforcement, I have a computer. I can even use my phone to look up your information. Yeah. All right. Do I really need those documents? No. Do I want to open up uh, the possibility of, of, of something bad happening? No, I don't. You know what, sir? You go and leave those documents in there with that weapon. Leave, leave the glove box shut. I can look it up. Yep, absolutely. Absolutely. I, I have put all of my stuff on my phone. I can pull it up and show you a picture of the registration, which is, which the proof of insurance, legal, mm-hmm. my driver's license, and my concealed weapon permit. Yeah. Yeah, which, what, Bill, you're saying is legal now in Florida. Yes. Now you can display uh, electronically your insurance card, your registration, yep. uh, your concealed weapons permit. You know, I, the computer system that we use here for licensing is David. I can bring that up on my smartphone, you know, if, if I need to. So, you yep. know, I don't need those documents. Leave the gun there. Leave the documents there. Why create a situation that you don't need to create? You, because you want to write a ticket. Okay, I can write a ticket without it. <laughs> yeah, right. I don't and, need it. And, and traffic work is God's work, so. Yeah. traffic yeah. <laughs> Traffic, guys. That's it. Traffic work is God's work. Don't forget that. But no, absolutely. Absolutely. That's, you know, why create a situation that's going to put you, one, at risk of, now you're in a, this standoff with this person. Because you're, you don't want to say, oh, well, maybe I was wrong, you know. So now I have to have this big match back and forth of who's the toughest guy on the wait, block. Wait, 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 Who's going to be right? Wait. I, I got to tell you, in all the cases I've tried, I've never, ever heard a, a sworn law enforcement officer ever admit they made a mistake. Right. Because it's not possible. <laughs> yeah, right, right, exactly. <laughs> Especially in, when you're doing traffic now, work. I didn't make a mistake. He refused to comply. That's it. Yeah, exactly. Now, now let me let me and, give you this. I want to give you some. I, wanna, I, I love the standby officer safety. Yeah, yeah. I, I want afraid give, of everything. I want to give you some advice. Uh, you, you listening to us and, and, and hear us go back and forth on this. The the wrong way for law enforcement to do it is, uh, oh my God, you've got a gun. Here, I'm going to pull my gun. I'm going right. to force you out of the car. We know that's wrong. But, but you know, hold, you know what? Before I go any further, Kevin, how's that wrong? What happens when 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 client comes to you and says? I'm a concealed weapons holder. I got stopped for busting a stoplight, and uh, I got pulled out through the vent window because there's a gun <laughs> in my glove box. Well, there's your your Fourth Amendment rights to search and seizure that's been violated. There's your Second Amendment rights that you have the right to carry that. There's there's 790, the state of Florida statutes, that say you can carry that if you're licensed. Uh, there's the, the moneymaker for that client is a, is a 1983 action under federal law, that the officer used his schedule of authority to violate your constitutional rights. And that's when you start having the risk managers with those agencies begin to worry about money. That's when they had to start figuring out how to go start putting reserves back. Because you go thumping on somebody because they're legally in possession of a firearm, but you've been taught there are no legal firearms. If I stop you and you have a gun, you're going to jail. That's that's the standing argument of our department. You're going to jail. You're going to you know what you're going to jail for? Resisting arrest. Sure. Yeah. You know, the, you, the, the, the resisting without charge. You yeah. know what happens then? Uh, Cha ching. Kevin releases the Alec. It releases the Alec. Yeah. That's <laughs> sick him. Yeah. Kevin calls it a KFC moment. Yes, I do. K freaking ching. ching. 
Um, okay, so we know that's the wrong way. If you're told, if you're if you're on the side of the road or you're sitting in your car and the law enforcement officer says, get out of your car, put your hands up, there's a gun in the glove box, let me tell you what to do. Get out of the car. car put your hands up. <laughs> comply. Yeah. Okay? Right. It's not the time to argue right. and become the Second Amendment attorney on the side of the road. Yeah. Because you know Call what? Kevin you, and Alec you, later. You are not going to beat the ride at that point. Or, or call us on the lose. side of the road. <laughs> You're gonna, you, you risk getting hurt. You risk getting shot. Okay? You risk your freedom. You, you may be right, and, and, and you may be justified later, but... Kevin, what's a simple little action against a law enforcement agency going to run somebody? Oh, absolutely nothing. <laughs> I'm not going to charge them uh, to sue an agency. Uh, I sue various okay. entities now. I'm sorry, I asked the wrong question. What's, what's it going to cost, cost you agency? to defend yourself from those charges? Depends on the charge. Oh, criminal charges. I come here with, a, with a, a two misdemeanor criminal charges. Thirty five hundred bucks. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, it's. Like like a DUI, you know, you know the, the yeah, basic charge. You're gonna have to defend it. You're, you're gonna, gonna get. To... You're, what's gonna happen is, and and this is because remember that a concealed weapons permit yeah. is an affirmative defense. Yes. All right. So they charge you with with possession of a firearm. Okay. The state attorney's gonna look at that and go, but he's got a concealed weapons permit. I'm not taking that to trial. I'll look like a moron. So they're gonna null process that. Right. Or no info it yes. from the very beginning. Or offer you something really really sweet to go away. Yeah. Yes. But please, you know what? We need a conviction for something. I need an adjudication so you can't sue the department. How about an adjudication for speeding? Yep, they'll get you yeah. to that. But yeah. any, anything they can come up with to to try to take the burden off of the department to defend the civil suit. That's And, and you know what? I hear all the time, we don't care about that. Bollocks. <laughs> they, they care <laughs> they a do. lot about that. Yeah. Well, they, and a lot of the tactics from the state attorney... Uh, and the departments on that uh, is they want to get that because then that takes away the personal liability of the officer and it falls on on the agency. Uh, we've seen that uh, a couple times down here where officers, not only were the, the agency was found uh, to be liable, but the officers were personally found to be liable. Uh, and that uh, that's why you, you see a lot of that uh, going on, at least from my experience. Right. And, if you, and if you can verify the training of the officer, if the officer was trained the proper way and then did the wrong thing, the officer is going to be held individually liable. Right. Now, mm-hmm. now, if you have what's going on up here, evidently, allegedly up here, um, that the officer is being taught the wrong way by the agency, well, then your agency is going to take the, the, the brunt of the blame. Yeah, but see, once yep. they cut the, the, the deputy or the officer loose because of the circumstances... Yep. Then I turned him and go, hey, you, you want me to exonerate you from any liability? That's not a problem. Yep. Just sign this this agree, this cobalt's yeah. agreement that says, yep, you did it because that's what you were told you were to do. Yep. And guess what? The agency is going to take it in the shorts. They wear it. So the, the short, the short uh, advice for you is if you're stopped and you have your firearm and you tell them you have your firearm, which is what we recommend, and they act improperly, Follow their orders. Just go with it. Go with it. Follow the orders. File a complaint later. Do whatever you want. Go home safe. But, that's but, what they want to do, and that's what you need to right, do. But go you, home safe. You, you ask for two things. You ask for a supervisor immediately and an internal affairs investigator to respond to the scene. Yeah. That puts their agency's certifications at risk. Those two people will have to show up at the scene, and they'll be looking at it. You may just get told to go home. Be safe. Be safe. All right, I want to thank the guests. I want to thank um, Mark from Protective Service Consultants. Mark, how can they get a hold of you? 
www.protectiveserviceconsultants.com. Protectiveserviceconsultants.com. If you want to get ahead of the bill, just speed through South Florida. He'll find you. <laughs> Drive drunk, perhaps. He'll, he'll, he'll get a hold of you. Stay safe out there, Bill. <laughs> I appreciate it, guys. Thank you thank for you joining so us. Me on. Thank you, very, thank you very much. All right, you're listening. You've been listening to Arms Room Radio. Hey, don't forget next week, August twenty second, twenty third, the Claremont Mineola Gun Show. August twenty second, twenty third, Claremont Mineola Gun Show, eight hundred North US twenty seven. Join us out there. We'll probably be hanging out. Until then, please, please exercise your Second Amendment rights responsibly. If you aren't ready, get ready, and if you are ready, stay ready. Have a good week, guys. We'll see you next week.